What up, world? It is your past first point guard, Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. It's free, five days a week, every single weekday. So why not make this show your first listen every single day? Tell your friends to do the same, and then you'll have something to chat about once you get to the afternoon. It's draft night, y'all. We got a fun show. To, fun, fun, fun show. The Blazers, they land Shaden Sharp with the number seven overall pick. They trade the number 46 pick to Denver, and they land Jabari Walker out of Colorado with the 57th pick. I want to talk about both rookies. Uh, today's show is mostly going to be about Shaden Sharp because, quite frankly, I learned about Jabari Walker about 15 seconds after he was selected by the Trail Blazers, and I looked him up. Um, so my familiarity, I will, uh, we will get there and I'll talk about him a bunch next week and try to bring some people on the show who are more familiar with him. But, but today's show is going to be the bulk of today's show is going to be about Shaden Sharp. The Blazers went into this draft with three selections. They had number seven, they had number 46 and they had number 57. Uh, technically the way it works, like they still had 36 and blah, 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 blah. But they, that pick has been traded to Detroit. They were, they had 46 and they ended up moving that one to Denver. So. They ended up with two selections. And at seven, there was some speculation that the, that the Blazers would use this pick to uh, to acquire a veteran, right? There was It was OG Ananobi, or it was Lou Dorton something else, or it was potentially John Collins. John Collins, still a hawk. OG Ananobi, still a raptor. Lou Dort, still a thunder. There wasn't the... the if there were going to be fireworks in this draft they didn't happen early and, and it was like the pivot points were going to be four with the Kings and then maybe whatever happened with D- Detroit who ended up making moves, but not at five. Uh, and then potentially with Portland and, and, uh, and New Orleans at seven and eight, none of that happened. Those teams just made their picks. And so when the Blazers were on the clock, the guys were there. The two names they've been most obviously linked to have been Shane Sharp and Dyson Daniels. Uh, everyone like the plugged in people have been saying that it's basically those two names. Uh, they didn't, no Keegan Murray on the board, no Benedict Matherin on the board. So, uh, some of your boys' personal favorites were already gone and they landed with Shaden Sharp, someone who has oozes potential, but doesn't have much production. The mystery man of the draft. In fact, ESPN ran a truly comical Austin Powers graphic package about the mystery man, international man of mystery that is Shaden Sharp. (laughs) If you were born in 2003 and when you get drafted, they put out a Austin Powers graphics package, (laughs) that's tough. Uh, But it was uh, clearly uh, for a crowd more of my generation for sure. So let's talk Shane Sharp. The Blazers do not make a trade. Because probably there's no trade to be made. My read on there was no trade to be made is because uh, the way draft night works is like the networks are, you know, ESPN and ABC, same company but they're running like you know simultaneous draft shows and then everybody is you know jeremy Wu and jake fisher and shams and, and adrian wodrowski are just tipping picks right they're just they're they're giving up picks before they happen on twitter and when it came to the blazers pick for five minutes for four and a half of those minutes for maybe four minutes and 25 seconds nobody had anything 
no, no, no. Hey, the Blazers are, are, are talking, you know, talking trades. They just had nothing for four minutes, which leads me to believe that the Blazers were still working the phones. Uh, I don't think they'll specifically talk about that. Joe Cronin is literally doing his uh, post-game presser right now. And his early remarks about Shaden Sharp did not include that. He, he said he can't really talk about pending trades. I'm certainly, he's not going to talk about potential trades. He's going to talk about how excited he is to land Sharp. So let's talk about who, who Shaden Sharp is. Uh, he didn't measure at the combine because he didn't do anything. He just he's just been a low data guy. Uh, but you know, six five with a nearly seven foot wingspan, or if you're looking somewhere else, six six with a nearly seven foot wingspan. The size to play two and three in the league, but probably the frame right now to certainly just just be a two uh, at his age. And he's young, you know. He's 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 nineteen. Uh, he was he's born in London, Ontario, uh, a Canadian who who spent most of his youth right there in between Detroit and Toronto. Uh, he played his freshman season in Canada. In sophomore year, he transferred to a private school in Kansas and wasn't very good. Like he just, you know, that's a year you're gonna go to the U.S. and pop and and like. That summer, usually between sophomore and junior year, is when guys change their. That is the biggest summer for recruiting, typically, or a massive summer, I should say, for recruiting. Typically, is 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 that year was when guys kind of take off and put themselves on the stage, and then the following summer they kind of solidify where they are as 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 players. Everyone, you know, late bloomers or, or people who rise early and fall late, all those things like that. But um, but Sharp wasn't that. And then after his sophomore year, he transferred to uh, Dream City Christian School in Glendale, Arizona, where he spent the final two years of his high school career his life changed in the summer of 2021 so he was like a top a top 20 pick in that um in 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 what was going to be uh the 2022 class or or, excuse me he was going to be the top player in the 2022 class and but he was like a top 20 top maybe even top 50 guy in in 2021 high school in his 2021 high school graduating class and then the summer of 2021 happened on the Nike EYBL circuit. Shaden Sharp was the best player. He was dominant, and it cha- it changed the course of everything. Um, so so like literally, we're talking a few months of basketball at the on the AAU level. Shaden Sharp went from being like, oh, this is one of the best player, you know, best high school players in the country, to this is the best high school player in the country, and he can play in the NBA very soon. He committed to Kentucky. He reclassified, so he graduated early from high school and enrolled in Kentucky for the second semester and chose not to play at Kentucky. Uh, Just practiced a little bit and didn't play. He just has never played a high-level high school basketball game. There is very, very little tape on him. I mean, there's tape. Like, I I watched a 12-minute YouTube clip during the draft to kind of re-familiarize myself with uh, with Shaden Sharp. And I'll, straight up, like, his mixtape is tantalizing. His skill set is superstar stuff. It is the it is what superstars do. He has a really fluid looking jump shot. He is a wild vertical leaper who has crazy dunk highlights when when he gets some runway to do so. And he can create off the dribble with step backs and get space with, you know, one-on-one scoring and shooting, rising up and shooting over people on pull-ups, on step-backs for three, on pull-ups from mid-range, and then getting all the way to the rim. Uh, you know, his weaknesses is probably just his handle isn't super tight, but he's such a fluid athlete with such a good-looking jumper. It It is the superstar skill package, right? Like, this dude is a straight-up straight up superstar, and he would have been the best player in his high school class had he not you know, gone with the kids who were older than them, right? Like had he not graduated early, enrolled early in college and done all that. And he was like, he was still a five-star recruit in his class, but instead of being the consensus number one, like he would have been, he was 
you know, somewhere 12, 14, 15, depending on what, what, uh, what service you're looking at, but still a five-star kid, like still, still rose way the hell up there and was like clearly, clearly very, very good. And then by the sort of the end of that, uh, the end of that summer, it was clear he's the best, you know, one of the best players in the country. And was was the top recruit by the time he committed to uh, Kentucky by the end of that summer. Like, he, dude was a monster. The summer of 2021 changed his life. It, it absolutely changed his life. And then here we are the following summer, and he's the seventh pick in the NBA draft. He has the upside to be one of the best scorers in the draft. If he had gone back to school or if he had just played some games at Kentucky— he might have been a top five pick. He might have put himself in the mix to be ahead of someone like Jaden Ivey, who people think has all-star upside. That's how good Jaden Sharp could be. He's also never played a high-level basketball game. He's never played one of, you know, he's never played like big-time college basketball, not a single second. Certainly never, you know, didn't didn't do anything at the NBA Combine. Uh, like the, the highest level of basketball anyone's seen him play is, is a very competitive AAU level as a teenager. There is just so little to see of him. So the range for him is a little bit broader. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment is like the upside is so clear, but does he fit what the Blazers are doing and sort of the timeline and fit with the team makes this pick while exciting feel a little bit hard to totally square. That's what I want to talk about, squaring that pick in, in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about winning an NBA Jam console. NBA Jam is back, and Arcade 1-Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing back NBA Jam, but they've made it bigger than ever with the Shaq Edition machine. Uh, I grew up playing a ton of NBA Jam. Uh, me and my me and my homie Charles would play would play hours and hours of it, and uh, until you're sort of the thumb on the inside of your thumb, if you really if you know if you know what I'm talking about, really hurt from trying to hit turbo pass and shoot uh, or hold turbo and shoot at the same time and get your dunks off. Uh, I've played a bunch of in the arcade console stuff, and I've I've played it at the sort of retro arcades as well too. It is, uh, it's it's it would be a ton of fun. And if you're like me and you want to rekindle that fun, Arcade One Up, that's arcade the number one up dot com, is giving you a chance to win a free machine. They've got you know not just NBA Jam because they do all of this all the time, Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, all that stuff. It starts at just three hundred ninety nine dollars, but to win an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine. So available is an opportunity for you, locked on listener. You go to arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on. You got to July, you've got until July 8th to enter to win that NBA Jam Shack Edition console. So don't miss out. Enter today and decide who you're gonna play with. All right. Shane Sharp has superstar upside. Superstar upside. Best offensive player in this draft upside. Would have been the number one pick next year type of upside, right? Like, he is that good. And that's the risk the Blazers took. Uh, if you're a familiar, you know, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast or just to have started listening recently, I did my, like, who the Blazers should take. Uh, that was a, the, an episode I did last week or earlier this week, rather, Tuesday. This is Friday, January 20, or January. This is Friday, June 24th show. That was Tuesday show. And, and I landed on Ben Matherin. And uh, in that show, I did sort of my, here are my top 12. And I had Shaden Sharp ranked sixth in my top 12 and Matherin ranked seventh. And and the reason why I landed Matherin more than Sharp is one, I thought Sharp would be off the board. I thought uh, I thought Indiana or Detroit or um, or uh, Sacramento just couldn't pass up on his his 
potential. Uh, and also just, I think Ben Matherin's closer to being like a day one contributor than Sharp. And I think that's, that is the concern is that Sharp just hasn't played a lot of high-level basketball. And while his ceiling is incredibly high, he's probably not much of a contributor during the 2022-23 season. He'll probably need a little bit of time to get there, just to fill out his frame, just to play basketball at a high level. I am fascinated to see this dude play in Summer League. Uh, might have to book a trip to Vegas to see it in person because it's going to be it's it's going to be super fascinating. Like, see him play against NBA guys, right? Like see him play, play the uh, summer league is like not a higher level than basketball than maybe really good, a really good EYBL game, but uh, it is different. There's, there are uh, older players for sure, stronger players for sure uh, in, 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 uh, in a summer league game. But the upside with Sharp is so massive, superstar upside. But there's such a wider range of what he could be because it's not like, I don't think he's going to be a, like a, whatever, like the word bust means. I was trying not to use that word, but I'll just say it. Like, because typically guys with his pedigree who have been the number one player in their recruiting class, pretty much all of them turn out to be long-term NBA players unless health gets in the way. You know, uh, Harry Giles is the name that comes up. He was like pretty clearly the best player in his recruiting class. His knees just didn't didn't work it just didn't hold out for him and it, it happens but guys who have stayed healthy typically with that sharp pedigree have been nba players you know it's it's a mixed bag it's some of them are anthony davis some of them are harrison barnes some of them are avi bradley but nba players like long long-term dudes who contribute at a high level in the league uh rj barrett comes up for for one um it's like I, I'm not really worried about Sharp like not being able to play at this level, but I think there's a chance he doesn't reach his potential as like a you know all-star type of contributor, and he might not reach that just because right we haven't seen him play a lot and tracking a guy from being a really really good 17 year old to a 24 year old star in the league is just there's a lot of different divergent paths to, that they could go on, and particularly when you don't have a like a handful more high level basketball games where you can say okay well he did this and this and this like you just there's just not a lot of data out there. And, and, and two, like specifically on this Blazers team, there's not a lot of space for him in the near term to be a contributor. Damon Lowe's going to play 35 minutes a night. Anthony, Anthony Simons is going to resign with the Blazers and he's going to play 34 minutes a night. Josh Hart is going to play a ton of minutes at probably both two and the three, but a lot of minutes at two because I don't think they love the three guard lineup. Uh, they might have to play some of it just because of the way the roster is, but like they're going to try to avoid that. Josh Hart is going to play a lot of minutes you know, at, you know, 28, 28, 29, 30 minutes a night at the guard spots. There's just, and you know, you're already up against it. There's 96 minutes for guards. I don't think the Blazers can carve out a big role for Shaden Sharp in year one. And if they did, like, even if they did, it doesn't really make sense that they, like, even if they could, right? Like, even if it could, it doesn't necessarily make sense for this team, the Blazers who expressly want to make the playoffs to like find 17 developmental minutes a night for someone like Shaden Sharp. Other teams picking in the top 10 typically have like a 30 minute hole that says you can go Jalen Green, you can go be bad every night. And by the end of the year, when you get really good, the first 29, 35 games or whatever, where you weren't very good won't matter because we're trying to get you there in the future. The Blazers want to be good. And I think that is the other part about the Shaden Sharp pick that is a little bit hard to square. 
before the draft, the Blazers traded for Jeremy Grant. It was an, it was it's not an all-in move, but as a move for a veteran, they traded you know second-round picks. They traded 36 pick in this draft, which is like a you could consider it a late first. You know, it's really close. To, it's you know high up in the second round. Uh, a 2025 first-round pick from the Bucks. That's that has some at least some value as a, as a future pick. It's been moved a whole bunch of times. So uh, certainly some teams teams like trading it, even if they don't like. Uh, maybe someone will finally use it when we get to 2025. We'll see. Uh, but it's it, it's. That was a move to get better, to add a veteran. You know, Jeremy Grant's 28, going to turn 29. Like, to add someone that is closer, much closer to 32-year-old Damian Lord's age and say, let's go for it because Dame wants to be good. And the, and the Blazers have said so, so, so many times that they want to be good and they want to be good with this core and they want to be good on this timeline and all these things. Shaden Sharp doesn't fit that necessarily, which is why it's hard to square, which is why I think people were rooting for the Blazers to go ahead and trade this pick, find out what they can get for it, um, and add another veteran or trade back and add a veteran and, a, and a, like a lower level pick and move from there. That seemed like a pretty reasonable move. It's clear that the Blazers did their due diligence is the things that, that Cronin was talking about is like, Pretty clear the Blazers discussed a lot of trade possibilities with OG and Anobi and for OG and Anobi with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it's been reported that they were in discussions with the Hawks and also with OKC. Like they certainly gauged the value of this pick. And then when when Sharp's on the board, it's like his his upside is maybe too much to pass up. And from what we know about Cronin, is that he's someone who would prefer the Shaden Sharp types. It's a bigger risk, bigger reward type of thing. It's. Um, that's just like, you know, he said publicly on the record that that's like what the types of players he prefers. So the the sort of balancing that trade deal with, okay, here's what, here's what it it looks like. Here's the packages that are on the table. Okay. We, we know we don't want to go all in for what they're asking versus what we think Sharp can be. That's the balance you make. And they decided to go in this, go in this direction, right? But going in this direction is a little bit harder to square because of what they've already done and what they've said so publicly. They want to be good. They want to do all these things. They want to like, um, they want to make the playoffs. And Sharp is a guy who, if he pops, is going to pop in year two and three and four, right? Like he's going to be his all-star potential is like a little bit further down the line. He is not a win now contributor type player. So it is a little bit confusing. Uh, not like, like I get the sharp thing. Uh, I, I actually can see both sides very clearly. I don't think this, I don't actually, I don't, I think it's the reverse of, of confusing. I think it is mostly just, um, there are, the Blazers are trying to run two paths because the one path is Shane Sharp has superstar upside. He might be one of the best players in this draft. He's there at seven. How many times do you pick at seven? Portland's path to drafting superstars is absolutely this. This is the way if you are the running the Portland Trailblazers, this is the responsible, smart, and best way to build a winner. 100%. I've been in favor of them just drafting at seven because of exactly that, because this is the way you do it. However, all of the other stuff still exists. Damian Lord's wishes, Damian Lord's age, the trade they just made for Jeremy Grant, their, exp their on the record statements that they want to be a competitive playoff team immediately. That doesn't exactly fit the, the Shaden Sharp timeline. And if Shaden Sharp is way ahead of it, like if he's already good, then the roster construction with Hart and Simons in his way and Damian in his way doesn't necessarily get there. I, I think Sharp could potentially be a small forward in the league um, just because of his size, you know, size and long arms and athleticism. 
if he gets strong enough, I think he's the right, like if you're six, six and you are strong and have long arms, you can get away with it a lot easier or six, five, whatever he is with, with and six, five with strength, you can get away playing three. If you, you know, if you're not strong enough, you're probably a two, uh, just because of the sort of the nature of who you're going to have to guard. But sharp isn't going to be that until he's a little bit older, just because of the, how bodies work. Like he's going to have to age and get stronger and be in an NBA, uh, you know, weight training program for a couple years and, and then get, add that size, right? Like he'll have to get there. So like, while he might end up being a wing in the league, we might end up being a three in the league. He's probably not that, he's probably not that right away. He's probably not that in years one and two. So it's like, even the roster doesn't necessarily fit him. So I like the pick and the pick makes sense to me, but also it doesn't necessarily fit the rest of the plan that they had been going for as early as 24 hours before. So like, it's, they're trying to square two timelines. And I think the the interesting thing is, can they do both? And can they thread the needle this summer to add enough extra talent on the roster that they still absolutely need? Because they're not they're not quite there. They're like a borderline playoff team talent wise right now. Uh, like, can they get there um, and still benefit from the sharp the sharp pick? Because I think Sharp can be really good in the league. It's just um, the, he's a best player available type pick for. And, and I think you got to go best player available at seven if you're going to keep the pick. I think it's the right move. But choosing to keep the pick has these drawbacks, has these other obvious drawbacks. The Blazers made another pick in this draft. They drafted Jabari Walker, forward from Colorado. Let's, let's, let's meet the man who's the 57th pick in the NBA draft. We'll talk a little about who he is in the second segment. Before we get there, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They got more lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. And and what really is going to help you with bet online is that if you go and sign up, get a free account, you can start accessing their information about how to bet on sports. Like they have info on basketball. They got, you know, tips and tricks and bets of the day and all of those things and baseball and soccer and the MMA and MMA and, and the UFC and, and then all, all your combat sports, um, whatever it might be, more lines, more props, more odds, but also information to make you an informed better so you can actually go win some money. So why don't you go sign up today, take advantage of this offer. That's bet online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. So Shaden Sharp is this gamble, I think a gamble that's probably worth it, but a gamble that doesn't necessarily fit the rest of the roster and the rest of this specific offseason plan for the immediate timeline. Not an immediate help, but potentially a, a, a superstar in the long term. Um, depending on, you know, the Blazers will have to, in year two, really carve out some space for him to play. Um, and, and in year one, it's figuring out how darn good he can be. Um, you know, if, if you're a big believer in Anthony Simons, I think you, you can see the sort of shade and sharp plan. Year one doesn't play a lot. Year two, you get a role and see if you can take advantage of it. And by years three and four, you better be ready to go. Ant really wasn't that ready in, in year three, but by year four, he looks just fantastic. And it spent a month averaging like 28 and seven. So, uh, you know, and, and Anthony Simons is going be rewarded for that month uh, for those like six or seven weeks where he was just really freaking good I think there's something similar to that um with the with the sharp timeline and I think sharp probably right probably today more upside than ant had 
in that in the draft when he went uh, back in back in 2018. But he wasn't the only selection the Blazers made at 57. So they they had 46 from the Jeremy Grant trade, but they traded that away uh, to the Denver Nuggets. So they were left with just one second round selection, the second to last pick in the draft. And they drafted Jabari Walker from Colorado University. He spent two years at at uh, at Boulder. Uh, he is the son of Samaki Walker, who is uh, if you are too young to know who that is. Darn, <laughs> means I'm getting old. Uh, top 10 pick in the, the one of the greatest drafts of all time, the 96 draft. Uh, played uh, played a decade in the league. And um, Jabari Walker, the first thing I said when I saw him was like, he looks a lot like Samaki. Uh, Jabari Walker's like a, it, like, he is a 6'8", 215-pound forward, uh, measured under 6'8", in shoes. You play basketball in shoes. The Blazers have lifted at, listed at 6'9", so he got even taller since he joined the NBA. But 6'8", 215, measured with a 6'11", wingspan, just shy of 6'11", 6'10", and, and three quarters at the NBA combine with an 8'9", eight, eight inch standing reach. He is 6'8", with long arms, uh, and he looks like it when you watch. I watch a little... I watched a very brief uh, Jabari Walker highlight package. I, I frankly do not know m- much about him, but I did read a couple scouting reports, and here's what I know about him. Average 14.6 points, 9.4 boards, and 1.2 assists, just shy of one steal, just shy of one block in his sophomore season at Colorado. First-team all-Pac-12 performer, shot 46% from the floor, 34.6% from three, and 78.4% from the free-throw line. He is, from what I understand, a dude with some shooting potential, and a real defensive skills athlete with long arms who can really defend. He just doesn't do much else on offense. But six foot eight athlete who can really defend and shoot is exactly the prototype, exactly the type of player that's worth taking a flyer on in the second round. I um, have I saw Jabari Walker when I was looking at mock drafts to kind of see where he was. Uh, you know, undrafted in a couple of them and, and as high as like uh, the, the late 30s, like 38, I believe is as high as I saw him. So um, he was, you know, a, a guy who's who was a, absolutely a second round type pick. And the Blazers, you know, get him at 57 late in the draft. Uh, he... I think, you know, we'll see. I'm also excited to watch him in Summer League to kind of see what what he's like. And we're just about two weeks away from Summer League. It's pretty fun. Uh, or maybe a little longer, to 17 days. But, uh, like, it's... We're going to get... A, we're going to get... Um, I'm excited to get a look at him because I, quite frankly, have only watched him on YouTube. Never did not see a single minute of him as a college basketball player. But at least the frame wise and the skill set wise, he seems to be the type of player that's worth taking. Uh, worth taking the second round pick because he's the right frame. I, I've said that this is like a classic Mike Richmond phrase, but he is shaped like an NBA player. Uh, that though that wingspan, that size, with a little bit of shooting chops and really good rebounding ability, like you know, really good rebounding numbers at least in college. You know, one of the best rebounders in the Pac-12 that's what you're looking for. Like that's, that is the sort of, if you're going to build off, okay, here's the skill set we have. What else can we add? A little bit of shooting defense and rebounding is a great place to be. And at six foot eight, you know, tighten, tighten up, become a little bit better shooter Add a little bit more as a slasher on offense and continue to be a high motor rebounder defender. You're an NBA player. I think that's like you, that's your path to being an NBA player. Obviously not like we're not talking superstar upside. I said that a bunch with the first guy. We're not talking about that. We're talking NBA player upside, like rotational NBA player upside, I think is for Jabari Walker and certainly, certainly worth 
the consideration. Like I said, I, I'll dive in on him because I just don't know about him. I will uh, talk to my talk to my Pac-12 people and try to get some uh, some folks who saw him up close, uh, so we can get learn learn a little bit more um, and uh, and and get get the inside scoop on a guy who went 57th in the draft. I think the real thing with Jabari Walker is he kind of helps you get a little tighter lens on what the Blazers roster is going to look like. Damian Lillard, Nazir Little, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, Didi Luzada, Greg Brown, Trenton Watford, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, Jabari Walker. It's 10 dudes under contract. If you assume Josh Hart, who's on a non-guaranteed deal, is going to, they're going to pick up his, they're going to guarantee the deal, which they are. Now you're at 11. Amphrey Simons and Yusuf Nurkic are restricted for, or are free agents. Uh, Ant is restricted. He's coming back. Absolutely. Because the Blazers haven't made any other moves, I'd say Nurk is like a 95% chance to come back, maybe higher, 98% chance to come back just because the Blazers didn't. Uh, if they had made some other tweaks, you know, maybe it's like Nurk would be involved in those tweaks and certainly he could be in down the line. But I think both those guys are coming back. You're looking at 13 players on the roster and a two-way spot already filled by Brandon Williams. So Portland isn't, um, they're probably not done, right? Like I would still expect them to be active in the trade market this summer. And I still expect them. They, they need another center. They need another forward. Um, they just desperately need more size um, up front. Uh, they could even add two centers with those last two spots. And it'd be fine with me just cause they, they're desperately going to need more size, uh, to be certain, but like is investing in mid-level exception and a backup center, really the move. So they've, they've got things to do. I think that back half of the roster with Keon Johnson and Didi Luzada and Greg Brown, like, I think you got to figure out a way to, to not have one of those dudes take up a roster spot. Um, we'll see if the Blazers can accomplish that. It's not super easy. Um, you know, because DD has guaranteed money and, and you've kind of like invested a little bit of in the futures of young guys like Keon Johnson and Greg Brown, um, you know, as a second round pick and, and Keon, who, who's a, a first round pick who, again, it's like some guaranteed money, but I think, um, I'm maybe not very high on those guys upside. And I think the Blazers need veterans in those spots just because the back half of the roster, you know, if, if you're a believer in Greg Brown, that he can be a contributor, I think the Blazers are in a really good spot. I'm not necessarily a big time believer in him being a contributor in year two. Um, I'm kind of, I really like Trenton Watford, but I'm not sure he's a contributor on a good team in year two. So the back half of the roster is a little dicey. I'm, is Jabari Walker a contributor in year one? If Shaden Sharp's also not a contributor in year one, you're looking at like five players who can't really play like on a good team. You know, not, not like unplayable, but you wouldn't want to play. You would not want to say, well, if we can survive the 17 minutes of Keon Johnson tonight, we'll be all right. Like, I, I just don't think that's realistic um, for a team. And I think like the Blazers, they're better off not having taken all three of their draft picks. But if you assume that like neither of the guys, and I think assuming a guy who went 57, assuming a guy who's never played high-level college basketball are not year one contributors, I think that's very safe. Um, and you look at the rest of the roster, like they got to probably make one if not several moves to shore up just have more dudes who you can count on to contribute um if you're a little higher on the blazers young parts you probably disagree there but for me i think that after the draft that's where they stand after the draft I, we made it draft night's fun shaden sharp's fun like um a little bit weird fit with the sort of plan but f like high upside superstar potential he's fun um you know as for a second round pick I, I i could easily talk myself into being a jabari walker fan like i said a minute into summer league i'm gonna make i'll make some firmer decisions on stuff like that next week we'll dive in winners and losers from the draft on monday get a closer look at jabari walker later in the week talk to some folks who've uh, who've maybe seen shade and sharp up close in in the on the aau circuit uh and and um 
and just getting to know the new guys and looking ahead to the off season. We are, you know, a few days away from about a week away from heading into summer league. The off season's here. It's one of the most important off seasons the Blazers have had in the last 15 years. And I'll have you covered five days a week. So why don't you make the show your first listen every single day and then tell your friends to do the same. Come back next week. We've got more shows. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.